Hey, you all, a special thank you to our amazing and growing Patreon.com patrons. Susie, Erica, Stephanie, Diane, Terry, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway and our growing allegiance to making the cut. And if you're unfamiliar with Patreon.com, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. And if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on Patreon.com forward slash The Workroom Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you so much, Terry, Alicia, Stephanie, Erica, and Trisha. Now let's get to it. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Final two. This is not, uh, 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 uh. so I did not think that we would make it here. Do you remember when we were in Paris? Uh, oh. This feels like ages ago. Ages you know? ago. But you know what's crazy is last time we were in New York, they announced that one of us could win a million dollars, and now oh, it's just yeah. down to two of us. That's a insane. 50% chance. <laughs> chance of a million dollars. This whole time, Esther's been the greatest competition. It feels so awesome to be in such great company. It's gonna really force me to bring my A-plus game. Welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway and going through all the feels about making the cut, the new Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum global venture that is clearly trying to reach a galactic audience with a lightsaber themed finale runway. I am Ernez. And I'm Nayland. And I'm Patricia. And I'm here to apologize for the fact that my headset last week did not make make the cut. My apologies, listeners. It's on me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming back in, and uh, and and thank you for pointing out your technical difficulties. Even though, again, I've already said this, I was okay with them. But thank you, Patricia, and thank you, Nalen. It's so good to have you two back together. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah. So this is our. <laughs> Did I miss anything? What's happening? Or, or mm-hmm. it's just, I guess it's just like just joy. Because I, I have to say, like I'm, I'm so glad to have you two back here. This is we're this is our dream three. We're going to talk about the finale of making the cut. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, no, uh, this is this has been a very controversial series, and I have to just shout out to your you listeners who have sent in. Um, your feedback and your thoughts throughout the series, and especially after the, the last two episodes, via our social mediums. And this is my gateway into talking about that. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the workroom, and on Instagram at the workroom podcast, and also on Gmail in the workroom at gmail.com, I N T H E workroom at gmail.com. Um, we also have a cheat sheet. So last week, since there wasn't an official runway. The Chi Chi was a little um, non-traditional and just kind of like a little, you know, just some some vignettes about different aspects of the show. And then this week we have a finale cheat sheet and each final runway has its own uh, own separate page. So you can click on those. They're in the show notes. They're also on our Facebook page. 
And I think that is all. We have so much to talk about. And up top, I wanted to start us off with some of the listener letters because at the end, we'll we'll talk about more of them. And, and I, I kind of teased this on the last episode because you guys had started started writing in like, probably like as soon as you watched the episode. Um, so, so I've been sitting on them for a while. Um, and, and also to tease it, we will kind of share some thoughts about the Zoom reunion of the top four, which is not a spoiler because we all know that our top fours were, um, when we left, left off, were Megan, Johnny, Esther, and Sander. And so that that uh, is a reunion that was hosted by Tim Gunn. Thank you so much for sharing that link, you guys. And so let's let's start off uh, with a comment from Terry bec- uh, off of Facebook because it brings back some scenes from last episode. And also, Nalan, if you want to offer any thoughts since it's been a while since you've been on. But mm. Terry, in her comment, um, described her daughter uh, um, basically... Uh, this really, really wonderful story about her daughter who backpacked through Vietnam on a very, very low budget and then came across a small sewing shop that had these beautiful fabrics and were stocked up. And um, she asked for the price and the um, the small shop said it was just $15 all included. And so um, essentially Terry is just sort of giving um, her daughter's experience of going to, um, to Vietnam and, um, you know, another... Uh, uh, Southeast Asian country and um, and being able to have access to tailored custom made clothes for not that lo- not that high of a price. So Terry really understood why Johnny would go to Bali to make his collection. And she goes, in fact, my dollar would probably prefer Bali. It made me incredibly happy. This is Terry. Sorry. Um, Terry goes, it made me incredibly happy to see him go to his team and whip up his collection. Um, also, you know, uh, I will leave off the last part of Terry's comment for the end of the episode. And so I thought it was it was good to go back and, and revisit that because I had been thinking about that aspect of the episode because I wasn't I don't know. I don't know if I said I was upset about that. I wasn't really upset that he was making work in Bali. I thought it was sort of this extravagant it felt like an extravagant thing to do with the amount of time he had but it made sense because that's where his team actually is but also in terms of an equity issue I thought it was a little unfair that he had an army of people and also we didn't get a really good look into what um, this army of people looked like it was just you know there wasn't a lot of time spent or going in and I just wanted to be uh, kind of clear on that but I probably was a little uh, hard on it last week, but um, but but ju- but also in terms of this idea of globalization and how sensitive a topic this is, and each designer were uh, were confronting that idea since we've been saying or Heidi and Tim have been saying global brand for ten episodes. Um, I think Johnny going to Bali kind of touched on something that's um, a little bit more controversial, especially with this idea of fast fashion and sweatshops and I just was like it should they should be a little bit more responsible to just kind of show us exactly so okay he's in Bali like what does this mean what's going on and we do get that in the last episode but do you guys have any thoughts and also anything else that you want to kind of chime in on I mean I could say something about that yeah yeah which is that um the 
the problem with colonization and imperialism and racism is not that it makes it that every person who participates in it or receives a benefit from it is evil, mm-hmm. but that it is a system that um, that perpetuates a power imbalance. Mm-hmm. So it that is I'm I'm you know given the local economy of that place in Vietnam, it's quite possible that it's actually cheaper for folks to produce garments one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that than it is to get them in a, um, you know, to, to uh, have like mass produced garments. That's great. Right. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, the system um, that uh, that then devalues the labor of the people who produce those garments mm-hmm. when they are not the owners of the shop um, isn't a system that is um, ultimately dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is the thing. It's like I don't want to make I don't want to make Johnny the. Uh, well, maybe just to be clear about this, like over the arc of this show, it has become very clear to me that my problems are with Amazon mm-hmm. yeah. and to the extent that Johnny is, or that the winner of this contest is, uh, there to put a, pr- to put a face on Amazon mm. I have a problem with that person, whoever that person is is going to end up being. Okay. It does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, and you know what? I I that's why I also wanted a little bit more. Um, I'm just going to say insight onto what this infrastructure is that Johnny is mm-hmm. working with. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent point because there is no there is no discussion uh, there's no discussion of where the other designers get their um that get their clothes fabricated mm-hmm. and what their relationship mm-hmm. is with the sh- with the shops that do that and there is no um there's there's no discussion about like who's making the clothes that appear on the on the um you know, the Amazon making the cut shop. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I have a theory on that. I'm not sure if I should say it now or li- or later. What do you think, Ernest? Oh, no, this is always hard for me because I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'd say <laughs> oh, it now. I'll say it. You want to say it now? So for me, and again, I don't know for sure, but my little theory is that this was all answered in the uh, Zoom call that was, pub- that was broadcast on YouTube. Hmm. In that, be- because somewhere on there, um oh god what what did they say that made me oh oh i know so the artists are getting 100 percent of the profits great but that means they haven't really been produced (laughs) that means they're going to be produced this is how fast fashion works right they're not Mm -hmm. going to make a million of uh, not a million let's just say like two hundred thousand of of um esther's shirt I forget the or Sanders T-shirt. They're not going to make that. They're going to mm-hmm. treat it like an on-demand process. So I think that the fact that Amazon is um, 
giving 100% of the profits of the sales of the uh, garments to the artists basically answered to me that answered the question of oh that's why they're sold out because they haven't been made yet (laughs) that's what i thought oh no i i took that in another direction which is that um who knows what the what the profit is on the production of those things Mm -hmm. Mm. like like they didn't say a hundred percent of the the hundred percent of the sales they said a hundred percent of the profits Oh, right. That's right. So I was immediately thinking like, okay, well, whenever you whenever you enter a contract, you want to get like the gross, not the net. And so and and then it was sort of coupled with the fact that um, that like Esther couldn't even get like her own. Yeah. Like, (laughs) which which immediately was like, well, wait a minute. You know, it's it's one thing. It's like, yeah, we're going to give you 100% of the profits. Uh, it turns out there weren't any profits. This yeah. was like, this is oh, the way that, that rest, okay. you know, it's the way that the record industry worked for, for decades. That people, yeah. you know, got huge advances on on record sales. But that just meant, like, after the record made back all of its money, then they would start to see... Um, money on top of that, which of mm-hmm. course they never did. Yep. Yep. TLC. Glorious <laughs> 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 for that one. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and there was um, yeah. I, I remember I didn't I didn't click on it uh, just because I didn't have the time. At, but there is someone on YouTube, I think, with a lot of followers who got their hands on one of the garments, and it was sort of like this. Oh, look at. I'm going to show you uh, what something from making the cut looks like. And I should have clicked on it um, yesterday, but, but I didn't, but so some people have gotten it, but again, that's what people are really complaining about because no one really knows how many of these are being manufactured because they're always sold out and you can go on and see someone like some of, some of the clothes are still there and we, we can talk about that later, but um, it's, it's like, you know, I, I just want to see how much they were selling for. And I can't even even see the price anymore. So it's just kind of frustrating. I mean, everything that I saw on there was less than $100. Yes. Yeah. I didn't see anything above 50 I did. I, you know, when what I was able to see, I wasn't when they still had the prices there um, during their first few episodes. Nothing was above 50 It was forty nine ninety nine, which was kind of jarring, especially because for um 19th amendment for project runway who pairs with project runway those those clothes are are pretty much priced at i would say like you know bergdorf's or neiman's price points or i would say a low end um considering Mm -hmm. that they are small runs i just inherently probably would be small runs so yeah yep 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 okay I also want to shout out Samelia Kolar, um, my my dear dear Yay. original co-host, um, because so first of all, I've I've already put links on our Facebook page, and I'll I'll also uh, re repost them on on Instagram. But um, she has been making uh, masks uh, from uh, fabrics that she has, and I, I was thinking about her in this conversation about Johnny because so um, uh, Samilia's family is from Nigeria, and when she's able to go back there, she sources her fabrics from Nigeria. She just buys a ton of fabric, and um, and so she just I, I I haven't been to her place in Memphis, but I'm pretty sure her own workroom is just. St- 
stocked with all these things. And so she's also making masks. Those are available. They're also on her website. I will link them in the show notes as well. Um, but I thought of her as someone who goes, but pulls from her own background and her, um, her, she mm-hmm. has like very specific cultural references. Um, in, in terms of just like sh- the reason why she sources straight from Nigeria is because it is cost effective for her, her business. Um, but again, mm-hmm. she's, she's not looking to be a global, global brand. What she does, she does by herself. I think she might have one yeah. employee now, but she's a sewing machine and <laughs> she does all that work by herself by hand. Um, and, wow. and it's, but it's, it's also, you know, kind of tied into her, her aesthetic. It very much is her aesthetic, but also just an excuse to talk about Samelia. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Samelia. Oh, miss her so much. Oh, and she and she misses you too, Nalan, just saying. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you've sweet. met I don't well, I don't know if you've heard her voice, Patricia, but yeah, but um yeah, I, I love her very much. Um shout out to Yeah, her. yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the show and yeah, I guess we can pretend that we allowed them to let us end episode nine on a cliffhanger. It's like, oh, we enter with three people. I wonder who's going to come out on the other other side. We already said episode nine that, you know, uh, before <laughs> before the firing squad, who goes home? So this is kind of like a, a, a mortem, postmortem maybe, but but also for Heidi, you know, so the Heidi crew walks in, all of the judges We've just gone through all of their pop-up shops, and um, I feel as if, you know, Heidi has some superpowers. Like, she's walking taller. There's a skip in her step because the room is just filled with nervous energy from others. So Mm. she's very happy. She's like, I can feel your hearts racing. I can smell it. I can smell (laughs) the fear. Um, And also another chance to remind them of how big of a deal this is. So... So um, let's just go through this. <laughs> First up is Johnny. Johnny has to talk to them about his pop-up shop. And Heidi goes, Johnny, tell us about what just happened out there. We just did this, but talk some more. And so Johnny starts off going like, you know, prayer hands, prayer hands, Johnny Coda, top NYC Vogers, prayer hands, butterflies, butterflies, eye contact, layers, feminine metamorphosis, prayerful, metamorphosis so mm. essentially just going through his pop-up shop in Nalan. this is a great opportunity for you to, to chime in about your thoughts on these pop-up shops as well um but this is sort of like a post episode nine firing squad where all the judges kind of go in and and generally they all loved it even naomi campbell who just got really cute seems like i'm very proud of you johnny i'm so <laughs> so proud of you and um, I would say the highest praise he got was that it looked like a shop, not a pop-up shop, but a real shop. Hmm. Any thoughts that, on that, on that uh, conversation? That gave me pause. Why? Because you mean the, the, the shop shop comment? Well, when I heard that, I went, huh? Okay. Hmm. And then after I heard everybody else's, uh, critiques on on the shop and and Esther received something s- similar where it was like oh I felt like I was in a store people often said like yes it felt like a store and yeah. it's no surprise I mean Johnny and Esther both have experiences having their own stores you know right right but but the but the challenge here's the thing 
so I have very limited experience like going to pop-up shops for fashion specifically. And the whole point is to advertise a store, right? Hmm. So I hope this doesn't sound like I'm nitpicky on semantics because I, I honestly do find this a little problematic because if it looks like a store, that's great. But the point was to do a pop-up shop, right. which is sort of to get people excited about a store, yeah. right? And I thought, so for me, that made me wonder, well, did Johnny actually do the assignment? Because if we're going to send Megan home for having better clothes and only one bad picture, not two, one, mm -hmm. but that, but the assignment was to make a campaign, so we're going to send Megan home because, oh, okay, the clothes are beautiful, we love it, there's just one bad photo, okay, well, this was a better campaign, that's fine, but then... So the point wasn't to make a store. It wasn't to make a replica of a store. It was to make a pop-up shop to get people excited about a store. So I personally felt like, I don't know, hmm. like it was not the challenge, but that's me. <laughs> yeah, it seems it's almost like they changed up the rules again, or they, 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 they moved the target for one person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt <laughs> throughout this whole conversation. Um. Be because it's kind of like if you think about it, so Sanders store also looked like a shop and even more so than a shop, because if you think about a store and even the performance of the performance aspect of having tailors in the middle of it, then it felt most like a store. I would say Johnny's felt the least like a store because I've never gone into a shop anywhere where there are people voguing in the corner and or where there's just, you know, I don't know, just vines everywhere. This idea of oh, it felt like a like a real store to me was unclear because I'm like, are you talking about the merchandise because there are candles there or because he probably had some lavender uh, incense sticks, something? I don't know. There, there must have been some <laughs> olfactory other sensory aspect that lent it to feel more like a store because I was like this I don't know all of them had an aspect that felt like a little bit of, of a fantasy added on top of it I don't know um, yeah yeah I, mm, I mean I I I feel like you guys are both still way way optimistic with what it is that we're dealing with <laughs> There. <laughs> I mean, this is it's it's actually not that different than the than the restaurant wars episode of uh, Top Chef. Oh my gosh, yes! Right, where somebody can get dinged on, like, well, why did you have, like, why did you buy these? You know, you put all this money into these centerpieces, and then we were waiting out in front of the house. Mm -hmm. For like 20 minutes be to get seated because you didn't have expedite, you know, you didn't have people expediting in the back or something. Mm -hmm. So it it was about creating a successful retail environment. Right. And um and and the person who was gonna win was the person who sold the most. Right, right. And mm -hmm. so to a certain extent, it's uh, it, it like this entire thing has been about Johnny positioning, being positioned as the least objectionable hmm. out of out of the most talented designers. Mm. Yeah. The one who is willing to 
um, to uh, do what it takes to um, demonstrate that they are the responsible uh, uh, holder of a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, a million dollars from Amazon.com. And, uh, you know, which they probably sweep off of the floor. Um, right. You know, and um, anyway. Um, so that's the thing. It's like, yes, it felt like a real store. And in, and in every episode of, uh, of um, Project Runway... You know, the judges are going like, oh, I would wear that. I want one of those. Well, this was the time that they got to have one. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was like that episode was all about them shopping. Um, yeah. And celebrating how fun it was to like buy these things. And, oh, you thought of having candles. And, oh, there are these accessories. And, oh, this goes with this and mm-hmm. this and this. They're modeling a behavior for a future Amazon shopper. Hmm. To demonstrate that it is not a threatening thing or a difficult thing mm-hmm. to uh, participate in this experience. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think that is something because I don't look to people to model necessarily model behavior for me. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's the thing. We yeah. are not the target audience here. Yeah, I, I, I think in terms of, you know. So it so it so Johnny is the winner obviously. I shouldn't say obviously, but his dress sold like hotcakes, you know, and so that's a, that was one of the the things that I I honestly just kept forgetting about that um there was this thing about which one earned the most sales really mm-hmm. did um determine who the winner was. And the only person who seemed to be really concerned about that or the at least it was edited in was Johnny. Cuz last week I wasn't sure. I was like is that the only thing? Was that the criteria? And they weren't clear about that either when they gave the challenge. No, they weren't. In fact, I mean, I have my notes from that week. Mm. The criteria was like, oh, of course, can I find them now? Can I find it now? Because I think it, you know, the, the criteria was like, okay, let me find it. I'm, I think I found the right area. Um, here we go. Visual merchandising, product mm-hmm. seduction, the feel of the space, and sales do count, and a customer experience. So it was sort of like the whole matrix. That's what Tim told them. I'm mm-hmm. reading from my notes last week. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of felt like they left them. They they left the judging up to having the kind of um, latitude. So if they didn't like something, they could say, "Oh, it didn't sell." Or if it, mm-hmm. they really did love something. They could say, it didn't sell, but you know what? The concept was strong. And I think that's fine and fair. Yeah. You know? it, it. I mean, because we, we can talk about the person who we all talked about last week who went home. So Sander goes home, leaving Johnny and Esther as the final two. And it's it, in terms of that, again, very disappointed because I wanted to see Sander's runway. And in terms of this seduction and the whole matrix of it, I think Sander did a very successful job um, and also was was sort of dinged for doing something that I'm pretty sure he thought was answering the challenge, which was, I think Naomi was like, yeah, you were tailoring T-shirts. You know, I love the T-shirt aspect, but it was just T-shirts and they weren't T-shirts. They weren't, it wasn't tailoring T-shirts, but, um, but 
they, I would say, rounded out Sanders' edges enough um, to the point where, where Sanders were ceased to really look like Sanders, especially someone like Nicole Regi, who hasn't been around for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, no, that was Joseph. Joseph said that, not Naomi. Um, I, I get yeah. them mixed up. Joseph and Naomi Campbell. They're just, you know, just kind of molded together in my mind. Yeah. So we have our final two, but but anything else stand out between that? We didn't talk about Esther's time in front of the firing squad. I mean, there's something there. It, 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 I mean, that's the reason why I'm shying away from talking about these things is hmm. there's something kind of distasteful about it. Hmm. You mean in, in this portion or the or the, the whole mechanism of it at this hmm. point? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's it's like, OK, we know what we're here to do. Yeah. Um, and and as much as. Um, you know, the, the, those final four people emerged as, um, you know, likable characters that you wanted to root for, um, still it felt like to me as television, it felt like going through the paces Hmm. and at a certain point, yeah, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to be so crabby about no, this. No, can I just say I I'm so I glad that like, you're even like talking to us about it because I know it was yeah. painful to watch. Because folks, we're here we're here because we love Project Runway and we love it for complicated reasons. Uh, yes. And let's just say this is not Project Runway, even though it has people who were deeply involved in the conceiving of and and creation of the thing that we love. Mm-hmm. This isn't that. No, um, yeah, I, I'm not even measuring it to that. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of like when I look at it and what other um, options could have been generated, which is, of course, subjective. But in terms of like what you just pointed out, Naylan, this distasteful thing where people kind of get pitted against each other, which is like, yeah. OK, why does this have to be here? Or maybe I'm just projecting onto what you said. Mm-hmm. But all those things. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Well, it is the this weird combination of the uh, of the um, the cold calculus of of uh, of business fronted by the rhetoric of personal transformation hmm. that is really kind of tedious. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like what we need, like like if what if what you're going to reward ultimately is somebody doing business. Then show us, show, let us see them doing business. Yes, exactly. That's why I liked so much the, you know, the, the episode, you know, pretty much throughout. And in this episode too, the points at which we see Esther working with a coworker or someone who could very easily be treated as someone who would, it was supposedly working under her, Mm -hmm. her sort of grace and generosity towards the people that she works with yep was it was clearly like part of the way that she does business and that's interesting to see yeah yeah but, but this whole not- idea about like it's a transformation i mean I, I like at a certain point when uh i'm sort of all over the place when we're going to the runway 
Um, when Johnny walks out on the runway and says, "Like the like the butterfly logo that you that you soon will be seeing the butterfly silkscreen print," you know, this is about stripping away layers. And I just suddenly had this thought about like, damn, what if you really like dug being a caterpillar and wanted to be one, yeah. and then it was like. <laughs> And then you like, you know, went through this process and and then ended up a butterfly and you were like, fuck, I really enjoyed being a caterpillar. I don't have much life left. Like, all, all, like basically, I'm here to pollinate flowers and have sex and die quickly. And then die tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what like, <laughs> But this whole like rhetoric of like, this is my growth and my path and my transformation and oh my, my journey. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, nice for you, dude, but I just don't, I can't like work up the energy for it when it's yoked to this entire other calculus, which is mm -hmm. about something else. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a narrative, you know, in, in, in a sense, I started going back and looking at the first few episodes because so someone on Facebook designated this season as bloodless and I know a lot of people were and all of us included were having a hard time really getting into it and feeling something for these people and mm -hmm. definitely was like you know kind of going back seeing how things were cut it 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 even mm -hmm. from the very beginning was we were being guided and it and, and there was a narrative being written about Johnny in particular. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 um, yeah, I mean, okay. That's, that's all and I can say about that so far. It but. just feels everything that you both said, just, I think that has just, now that we get to episode 10, I think now we have kind of like, um, uh, it's like we knew the template, we knew the form. But now we have absolute proof that we were being kind of groomed to like Johnny, right? This whole mm. time, as opposed to just participating in watching TV mm. <laughs> and being surprised at the end. It's like we've had all these, like, you know, Rainbow Rocky edits, you know, like in, in multiple episodes. Perfect. Rainbow, yes. Um, <laughs> like, sort of like gay Rocky. Like, and I'm specifically talking, I'm also all over the place now about later edits where it's filmed like he's a fighter, you know, and the, mm. the words say, I'm a fighter, you know, whoa. And I was, I found that very much out of line with this supposed newfound twink energy that Johnny was getting into and calling it Femi or whatever it was, mm -hmm. um, which I find kind of annoying as a construct of the episode and of the whole show to begin with, because what is wrong with making clothes? Like, why does this, like, word fashion and why does this, this idea of softness have to come from, a sh like, a shape or a um, an aesthetic that we already know? Like, you know, like, what's wrong with female masculinity? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't that be feminine and soft also? Why does it have to look like florals? and stripes and like all these other things. So, um, yeah, so all of that just feels like a 
lot of missed opportunities again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so to get us to the bulk of this episode, I'll just sort of run us through because after yeah. they say their goodbyes and, you know, and, and they miss Sanders' voice and come back to a yassless workroom because, like, they don't hear Sanders going like, oh, honey, this, blah, 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 and just being kind of wonderful <laughs> and memeish and, you know, draggish. So um, they take them to a roof of some some building in Manhattan where the final runway is going to be. But Heidi and Tim are there to remind them also mm-hmm. that they were sent home for 30 days, not only to put together a 12 to 14 piece look collection and not only to conceptualize a pop up shop, but also to get together a business plan, because how are you going to spend this million dollars? So. The, there is still some homework and some business to do before the actual runway. And between then, we also get to see them work with another set of sewers because they're doing their final fittings with the models and getting everything together in the meantime while they're also finalizing their, their pitches. So um, th- there's just a lot to do with this time before we even get to the runaway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we... I mean that, which actually it, it would have been great to hear people talk about that all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, it, like, like it's like, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they didn't let the rest of the designers know that they were going to have to produce a detailed business plan if they were a finalist mm-hmm. until it got to, like the you know the final three that they were sending away Hmm. um maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't part of the brief that was given to the other designers but but even so um again if this is a if this is a skill that really is kind of the make or break thing i mean this is ultimately um what determines the outcome of this competition when you really get down to it Mm -hmm. this is this pitch um, they are, we, we get very little information about how they come up with it. We only get that they're nervous. We don't get, we, we don't hear about like, you know, previous failed business plans or all that, you know, uh, I mean, and again, yeah. no, go ahead. this is all of the stuff that would have made Johnny's presence in Bali at, at least conceptually more compelling because, you know, there's there's something uh, about figuring out how to manage that that resource mm-hmm. or being able to access that resource that says something particular about who he is and 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 what this show is about. Yeah, I mean, I you know I yeah. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I had definitely been thinking about this. Because Johnny lives in Los Angeles, and and I I, I I don't know if I voiced this, but this was one of the things that I wanted him to explain. Like, why aren't you manufacturing your clothes in, in L.A. that's known for being a hub mm-hmm. for manufacturing? And, and it definitely is a business decision to say it is cost effective for me to hop on a plane and fly to Bali and spend time there. And I've been doing this for 15 years, so I would like to know... Mm-hmm. If you've been in Los Angeles this whole time, and 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 also you know just full disclosure, I've been on on Johnny's 
Instagram and he and there's other people who have been on the on other design shows LA affiliated people who who are on his Instagram like you guys all know each other and you have a community of people but also um you know I'm pretty sure all of your experiences are are different and just kind of understanding the reasoning behind why you wouldn't use an LA man even if it's just because I I don't make enough or I don't my runs aren't large enough. And even to understand that would lend Johnny some credibility that it's, I, I needed it. It's clear that the show didn't think he needed it, but I needed it as a viewer because then we have Esther. So we can um, talk, we can talk about that where, well, first of all, in terms of the setup for these pitches, I wasn't even sure when they were going to have time to do it because the two of them are walking along the high line together and then they say goodbye and Johnny takes a seat and then Esther heads back to the workroom and it's it's still not clear why they're doing this. If it's just a moment and they're hanging out, but then Johnny pulls out paper and we have Esther in front of a computer. And so it's clear they're, they're practicing for their pitches, but then the Chiron under Esther at this time says 45 minutes until the pitch. I'm like, I know that Esther mm-hmm. did not just start 45 minutes before the pitch mm-hmm. to work on, on this. It kind of freaked me out. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have Johnny who clearly goes next on the high line, just looking out and talking about metamorphosis, prayer hands, prayer hands, metamorphosis, Jesus arms, <sighs> exhale, <laughs> you know? So I just, it's, it, was, it wasn't that clear. So, so want to get to the pitch? I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's do that. So it's pitch time. And so um, I, no, I heard this described on a, on a different podcast as mm-hmm. um, um, uh, uh, they're both forced to meet with a scary lady <laughs> who, is the, who is the head <laughs> who is the head of Amazon fashion. I mean, it's so Christine Beauchamp. Yeah. So, and the second you see her, we've met her before, yes. but the second you see her in her office, um, you know that the writing is on the wall for for this. I mean, it's uh, like, for, for me, it was, my question in my notes was, what is she wearing? <laughs> she, yes, she, exactly. First of all, she looks like she could be a Real Housewives of Savannah. Like some Real Housewives yeah. franchise that doesn't exist yet. And also, it se- it feels like a big old <laughs> f you to Esther. <laughs> In my head, I was I just like, the thing, right? it all felt like an undercurrent. She's like, look at what I'm wearing. I'm a modern woman out there, and I'm just giving her a southern accent. She doesn't need one, but she's like, I'm a modern I woman out there. <laughs> Beauchamp just sounds like, I'm sorry, just sounds southern to me. He's like, I'm a modern woman out here. Look at what I'm wearing. I have my my um, swirly clothes on, and I've got my pussy bow together. This is what a woman needs to be wearing. Look at you, all in black. You know, it's just, it's like, okay. So anyway, so Esther, I, like, squeeze it. No, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I was scared enough to look her up. <laughs> <laughs> so all we need to know is, well, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm just going, at least not not on, not on the radio. But I, so Harvard, Harvard Business School, okay, mm-hmm. undergraduate mm-hmm. politics degree from Princeton. Mm-hmm. And then financial analyst at Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Pause, okay. And then I believe maybe met Heidi when she was CEO of Victoria's Secret for three years, 2005 right. to 2008. Hmm. 
Yeah. So there you are, right? Wow. Like, yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, and then um, became the global brand president for Lauren and Chaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that's the trajectory so, of Catherine Beauchamp. I'm sorry, yeah. Christine Beauchamp. Christine, Christina. Yeah. Or Christina. So, yeah. This is, so this is Ivy League Masters of the Universe stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's, and, and, and I mean, no, I mean, you run down that list of names and it's like, yes, these are the people who are, um, uh, you know, uh, trained to believe it is their job to run the world. Yeah. Um, and so this is like her version of running it. And, you know, that's it. That is very clear. You know, she's she gets it together to be. Um, uh, <laughs> what is it? What is it that uh, that um, Hannibal Lecter says? Oh, no, no. Agent Starling, you were doing so well. You expressed oh, Kurt. Oh, oh. You expressed concern. You, you know, like like all of the, uh, you know, she she does that thing where she picks up on something that Esther is uh, struggling a little bit to say or to articulate, mm-hmm. and she reformulates it for her in a gracious way and in an accurate way mm-hmm. to show that she's listening, and that relaxes Esther, and Esther goes into her, you know, get goes further into her pitch. Um, and so, you know, I think at this point, however, it's so clear the way that this is going to go, that we're given an edit where Esther's pitch is, both of the pitches have been withheld from us. Mm -hmm. Esther's pitch at this point is, comes across as entirely professional and entirely thought through and, and coherent and together. And Johnny, when he goes in and, and. Um, is gets an edit where he fumbles mm-hmm. and he's sort of is he's not quite there and et cetera and and it's and it seems, you know and and she does her same trick again, which is like yeah. I just have to ask you like what kind of a circus performer were you? Yeah. Which again is let me put you at ease. I'm here paying attention to who you are. Yep. Yep. Just relax. Give me the pitch. Yeah. Um, you know, but but that's you know that's the way that that this thing is kind of set up. Yeah, right. I, I have to say, like this this is the part where I, I yeah I, I guess now that I, I'm um, I'm putting my finger on what was going on where I'm not the target audience because I love me some Andrew Cuomo press conferences because of his PowerPoint game. That's who I am. You know, mm-hmm. where I'm and you know, and not, and not to go into what I really think about Andrew Coma is it's not important, but for Esther, so freaking impressed and also impressed by Christine Beauchamp for both of them to pick up. They're incredibly nervous. This is how I'm gonna put them at ease. But I thought Esther was better at recovering because she was more practiced and also had mm-hmm. done this before. Because Christine right. was like, Have you done pitches like this before? And Esther's like, actually that's why my slide says Esther's house 2.0 because mm-hmm. I was given a huge bank loan right before mm-hmm. the financial crisis. And, and so Esther's using a, a house as a metaphor and as a visual to structure 
how she's going to use this money in the clearest way possible. And I took screenshots and put in my notes. I, first mm-hmm. of all, I realized you can do this in pages on a Mac. But I took screenshots of it because she's like, oh, I just invested all that money into the roof. And they quickly panned to it, but not long enough to be like, what roof? What were you talking about? But essentially, she was like, I've learned from my mistakes. I've been through this before. And right. so I'm showing you based off of my own experience, because clearly I've done this. And it's almost it felt to me like that Christine Beauchamp was going like, oh, yeah, yeah. OK, enough about this intricately and expertly crafted business plan and all of your like blah, blah, blah experience. But again, have you noticed what I'm wearing? <laughs> look at my dress it's the swirls mm. of rainbow frosting and and look at it let's talk about you in black and i just mm-hmm. thought that is okay first of all christine beauchamp you have tricked me into thinking that you're an act- active listener but now i know that you are a shark you're a shrewd, yeah. shrewd mm-hmm. ass shark because that question to me was so collapsed i'm using the word collapse a lot lately but it collapsed esther's whole demonstration her whole like how she perceives herself and how i perceive her and to be like so like what about yellow you like green do you like like other things and so, yeah and, and then mm-hmm. with johnny again we've talked about this moving target that's what it felt mm-hmm. like in that presentation because i was like i can't believe it's so it's so extreme how well prepared and how unprepared johnny was but I know. how he got through there and it felt like the target was moved and it just kept moving for him. And I'm like, oh, you know, jo- Johnny is sort of treating this like this is Shark Tank, but he's treating it sort of like Bobo Shark Tank because he comes in and doesn't know where to start, has no slides. And and also, I think he did have some stuff up there, but we didn't see that. He showed his his uh, the people who work in his factory. He's like, these are my co- these these are my teammates. This is my factory. This is this is my place out in Bali. Prayer hands, prayer hands. Jesus arms. And we get a little bit of that, but not a lot. <laughs> and so it felt like, oh, this is a this is a hero edit already for a and, very yes. below par presentation. You can't. And to me. me, and to me, that's what I was really interested in. Like, who is your team? How do you do it? What is the so called innovative infrastructure that we don't get to hear about, like we, just, or rather, we get to hear about it, but we don't really get to understand it. Um, but it was very interesting, right? Because Esther's pitch was organized with an in-depth presentation, presenting an overall vision with some experience. Meaning, when Esther said, "Oh, I what, what I did wrong last time was assign was spend the money here when I should have spent it here," right? Right. Spend mm-hmm. the money in like, I think I, my understanding of the drawing was like front end client services when I should have been doing more like um, infrastructure type things. Yeah. It, I would um, say the top roof's title was fame and brain. And oh, that's that's what she calls the roof is fame and brain. That's mm-hmm. so I love it. But Johnny was like, ah, oh, I'm going to say something. Uh, I don't know who else to say it. So I'm just going to say it in the way that I thought it. Okay. Um, but basically, it was not organized. Although, I, listen, I have to tell you, I can relate more to Johnny's presentation <laughs> style. Like, I'm like, I get nervous. I understand Johnny was nervous. That's understandable. That's just human, you know? But, but Patricia, no, but I don't pitch. think you would start off your pitch by saying, like, <laughs> I started my whole deal with a rusting sewing machine and a dream. You know, like, like my a rusty put in a, a noun with a with a dream it's just it was so cliche 
I just had to say that, but go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, that is the Johnny way, right? Yeah. But instead of presenting an organized idea, I felt like Johnny gave us like a little bit of like, God, you're both going to not like me saying this. I really don't know how else to say it, but it was sort of like the sociopath's appeal of like, I'm from, I'm not from fashion. I'm, it was sort of like this weird appeal feeling that I found really uncomfortable. I don't know how else to say it. Um, like hmm. there was no details about, I've had a successful store for 15 years. Yeah. There was no, like, I wondered, I watched the episode twice actually. Huh? And I sort of like, don't even remember if Johnny said that because that would have been an interesting thing to omit if he did. But again, instead of having overall vision, lots of platitudes. Mm -hmm. um, but I, again, I feel like we didn't see enough of these pitches mm -hmm. to actually be able to evaluate them. Yeah, true. Or I don't feel like I saw enough of them to be able to evaluate them um, in the way that I feel like we could evaluate the runway shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and. And, and in part, it's because the show um, wasn't really interested in it, but also because they were being used as an opportunity to kind of fake us out. Hmm. Yeah. Like, like that's that Aww. was my point. And I think yeah. John, John got an edit that emphasized the idea that he was unprepared and vague and the idea that Esther was capable and on top of it so that going into the next phase of it we are you know we can we can start um wondering what the outcome is going to be yeah hmm. interesting yeah i mean i you know and, and tim gunn was there for both of their presentations as moral support right and i wrote down what johnny told tim coming out of that meeting where he goes I don't want to jinx, my, jinx myself, but I think I killed it. And I do believe he felt that. And I mm -hmm. I just was like, wow, how uh, delusional are, are you um, mm -hmm. without any kind of... And again, the edit. There's this edit. I'm not sure if he had any other honest self-evaluations put in there. Been like, Tim, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, that started off so terribly. But towards the end, I think she felt it and I... I think I killed it. I don't want to jinx myself, but I think I killed it because I do think there was a, a an interesting conversation that happened that were, yeah, I, you know, I want to see those slides. I just, I want to see the photos that he brought mm -hmm. in from his Bali operation. But yeah. I, I will also say that um, from, you know, just from my experiences with like job interviews and things like that, part of your job as an interviewer, and, and being on like search committees, part of your job is to find the question that the person does not have an answer for and ask that question. Hmm. And so, so the question to Esther is, it's not mysterious. It's like, mm. you know, it's, it, it, it is the thing that's really consistent with her. Mm -hmm. That is the question to ask her because um, A, you want to see how she responds, yeah. but B, it's not like it's going to go away. Your job isn't to be her pal. Right. Yeah. Your job is to figure out like whether or not you want to give her a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So I was annoyed by that question, but do you think that is, was a good question to ask her about yes. how she felt about I, black? 
I think it is the question to ask. I, I think it is the I, yes. I in the in this context, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I have had dealers say to me like, you know what, um, you know what sells is paintings with flowers, and. Mm-hmm. And and it is not and and they're not saying like go make paintings with flowers. Yeah. But I will tell you that my drawings, like, sell much more than my sculptures because more people can afford a drawing and more mm-hmm. people have room on their wall to hang something small, and mm-hmm. colorful than have a place to put like a big sculpture. Mm-hmm. So you know, in the same way that it's like. For someone to ask me the question of, okay, so you make like these big elaborate installations. Is that all that you do? Mm-hmm. Um, and is that all that you can see yourself doing? That's a valid question to ask me. I'm free to answer it however I answer it. Yeah, yeah. And, and with Esther, it's, it's you know, Esther answered it in exactly the way that she felt was appropriate. Um, she did sort of waffle a bit on going like, well, maybe like color would come into it down the road. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm. I think in the time subsequent to the, to the show, Esther is like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and, and it doesn't, and it doesn't have to happen. Right. But, right. but I think that it's, um, there are moments sort of throughout this show where they're, where they stop being misty about what's going on like late in the show nicole richie says look here's the deal like you could give esther this money and you know exactly what she would do with it and she would open this shop and it would have a limited audience Mm -hmm. and um and and heidi tries to like go out of it and go like no 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 this is the leading edge these are the things that i like to see this is what's exciting about fashion etc etc um but it's it's not that is true but it's also true that it's not going to be universally liked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and, I no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, and that's what the show is looking for. Is <laughs> it's it's looking for um you know, if they if they wanted um prestige, they would partner with Ray Koboto, Co- mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Like <laughs> they, it's it doesn't matter to them. Amazon doesn't need prestige. Hmm. You know, every, we're already their vassals. <laughs> they don't need to impress us. <laughs> They've got us. <laughs> oh man. Uh, wait, Patricia, you, you sound like you were going to say something. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I mean, I I I I just was going to point out. Because as you know, as we're going through that question, and I'm thinking, why was I'm I was just annoyed. Esther gets this question throughout the whole entire episode and has been getting it throughout the season. And I think it's because and I'm going through my notes, I don't know I don't think Johnny got the sim- a similar type of question, but also rethinking this <laughs> as in it's you know, it's not fair. This is not a fair competition. And so it would make sense that that Christine Beauchamp would not question what Johnny's doing because they generally like it and um, are, and they don't have any issues with how he's presenting himself so, so far in the same way that they are having with, with Esther. Right. And he's a young smiley white man. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's just also say that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the the target moving at, at, at you know again. This is quintessential mediocrity. Like I, you know, I, and I. Yeah. That's a part of it that I, you know, just going back to my notes. I I yelled. I paused when I li- when I watched this the first time. I paused it in my apartment and screamed like, "What are you doing? Are you kidding me? You're going up for a million bucks." And this is how you come in there and then, you know, realizing it doesn't really matter in the end. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so (laughs) you can be as generic and cliche as you want um, and fumble around. The target gets moved for Johnny so many times during this whole entire series. Um, Okay. And I also wrote in my notes, do I feel sorry for him? I was just really having 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 a moment. (laughs) (laughs) So. um, All right. So that's the end of the pitches. And we get to the day of the runway. So mm-hmm. we've had some t- we've had our time with the models and nothing. The only thing that happens that I thought of note before and, and chime in if, if you noted anything also is that Johnny adjusts his lineup based off of the sales he got at his pop up shop. So there are some oh. looks that he took out or reorganized so he could put on that uh, butterfly tiger shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I don't think he had his bestsellers in the runway show, but based off of the Amazon sales, he put those bestsellers in. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. All right. Yeah. <laughs> he also he also has a moment of of like looking at. He's like, oh, I look at my lineup and it looks fantastic, and then I look at Esther's hmm. and it's like unbelievably good, <laughs> and then I look back at mine and wonder if it's okay. Yeah. What do you think? I had yeah. Go ahead. I had so many kind of thoughts specifically about creativity during this episode. Mm-hmm. Share them, please. Because, pardon? I'm sorry. I'm just encouraging you to share. Oh, them. you know what? I think I should wait until the end of the runway. I mean, and we can do it throughout too. So why don't we just get to the well, cheat let's, sheet? Let's go to the runway now. Yeah, let's get okay. to it. <laughs> Um, so again, <laughs> listeners, there is a link in our show notes so you can get to the cheat sheets and it's in runway order. And the first runway up is Johnny. And, um, I, and, and also Patricia, I also made a note about this whole, like looking at other people's works cause Johnny does that a lot. So let's get to the roof. We're going to have a roof runway that overlooks some kind of skyline in Manhattan. I'm pretty sure we're somewhere near the we're near the Holland Tunnel, most likely. And we have what I what I note is that we 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 do have some relieving tears from from Esther and some emotion from the designers from from Johnny and Esther just kind of like getting mm-hmm. their babies out there. And Heidi and Tim introduce the runway. We have to talk about Heidi's dress. Yes. Please. Let's please. Okay. So (laughs) because I don't know. I I don't. Ernest. Thoughts. Okay. I don't have a, I have a feeling about it. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm catching my, my words in my throat because I had a feeling about it because so this is something that 
I, 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 always, I just love, I love it when Heidi wears things that I would absolutely not wear and things that I'm just always questioning because it looks so uncomfortable and it, it, it's so unwieldy. It looks like something that Lady Gaga would play a piano in if she also had a bubble to go on top of it. Just something that was just, just ridiculous in, in a wonderful way. And so it was a statement. It was iridescent. It wasn't white, but it also was white. It was just so many things. And then next to her is Tim Gunn in a in a wide plaid suit, just like always. And so, but I thought this, again, we've had this Heidi versus Tim thing <laughs> throughout the whole season. And I, I just thought, just in looks, it, it, it encapsulated what we've been getting. Tim Gunn is a, is a wonderful foil to this foil-like outfit that that Heidi was gifted from some alien. I don't know. But I just was, I was like, it's a look. Any thoughts? I was watching it it going, okay, so it's not ceramic, but (laughs) because it has this iridescence and it stands up. I don't know. Yeah, you can see, I think you can see like a bra strap or like her, whatever underwear she was using. No, I think that's, I think that's a dress strap. I think that's, I I think that's a load bearing strap. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm old enough to remember Spy Magazine. And, I've um, heard of Spy Magazine. Hmm? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I've heard of it. And, and, and Spy Magazine, like, um uh uh one of their trademarks was uh coming up with like coining phrases descriptive phrases about people so they're the ones who who famously tagged trump as a short-fingered vulgarian right right um and i just remember that there's this this um this woman shirley lord uh, who uh, they inevitably would write about as bosomy, dirty book writer Shirley Lord, <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, Heidi, this is a really bosomy dress. So bosomy. <laughs> that is a you great know? word for it, bosomy. Well, um, it was sort of like, hello, everybody. I would like to introduce you to my lovely breasts. I mean, hosts. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Like, no, judges. I'm sorry, judges. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's very strange because that is usually really not the way that Heidi goes at all. No. Um, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's very it's a very odd garment. Yes. Um, and oh, by the way, the rooftop that they're on, I think, is probably adjacent to um uh uh what's it, Hudson Yards. Oh, so more Midtown. Okay. Yeah. Because you can see, so they probably were not so far from the entrance, the Uptown entrance to the High Line when they were going down for that meeting. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. That makes a yeah. lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are certain I, things in the high, in the skyline that are closer than like, I was like, why is that so close? I, I, it just had a downtown feel. Huh. Yeah. I think Amazon is a big tenant in of Hudson Yards. Oh, wow. That's new information. Didn't know that they were down there. Huh. Okay. All right. Um, so Tim, Heidi, and her, her bosoms introduce our, our normies. And um, also they get to scream $1 million for not the last time. And we have Joseph Altazara 
Kiara Frogney, Nicole Ricci, and Naomi Campbell, who is now a contributing editor of British Vogue. That happened like halfway mm-hmm. through the season. So that was like her new, one of her new titles, her new like mm-hmm. slash slash things on top of being a, a fashion icon. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so oh, can I, oh, wait, can I just say something yeah, about yeah. snow? And then this month, actually, Naomi Campbell um, photographed, no, styled and photographed her own cover for Essence magazine on her iPhone. Mm. Oh my gosh. Now that. Now that is someone who knows how to get it done. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was, it actually looks good. It looks great. Yeah. Of course it does. We actually, we also see like a, um, a, some, a bunch of hilarious reaction shots. Like we see a bunch of the other designers are there. Um, including poor, um, what, what's her name? Who is wearing like, yeah, who's wearing like a military cap with like a with like a sparkly ribbon around it, like she's a member of like you know, Motley Crew or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it that's scary. And then we have a shot that is, um, <laughs> and then we have a shot that is, uh, um, it says uh, Johnny's family. Yeah. And and we get like the whole crew of the family, and then it's like Esther's friends. And I know. Like. <laughs> Four like super eccentric looking people who immediately I only want to know more about them. Exactly. Like that, like like that older guy with like the beard and and the long hair. Like, all the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Johnny has family. Esther has friends. Es- Esther's friends. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! It makes even you know because again, it's very very conspicuous that we didn't see anybody from Esther's close mm-hmm. circle back in berlin Blech. um right anyway so a lot being said there okay also you know if and if you're watching this on on amazon uh, what i love is that they have those smart things where if you hover over it it gives you all the information about what's happening um in in the screen so mm-hmm. um yeah anyway so that's just like one interest interest interesting feature that i'm uh just thought about all right, so let's get to the runway. First mm-hmm. up, we have is Johnny Coda. So they all had the option of doing 12 to 14 looks. Everyone did 14. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they had way more than that. But um, we have 12 to 14 looks going on here right now. So we can... So I, I have the runway um, in the background, too. So what we can do is talk about how they walk and 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 also any any look from this cheat sheet that you want to talk about, you can just kind of pull it out, and and we'll go we'll go from there. Um, I'll say that I really love the opening look. Um, those pants are are one of my favorite things that he's made, and um, I, I'll just say that if a feature of this runway was is the um the image that i use for the episode what do you call it yeah the episode graphic um because as we we progress this runway there there is you know i don't know we kind of go from these loose fitting sportswear clothes that are really cool and also johnny alluded to a, a high desert aesthetic i mean that's another thing that we we don't really get from 
mm-hmm. a lot of them is just sort of what their inspiration is or or what what the theme is. It's just a general, you know, Esther, you know, Johnny, this is what we're doing. But Johnny is taking this high desert motif deal. Um, and then we kind of we get through some of these looks and, and we can talk about the um, the styling as well. But as we get sort of to the middle of it, we start seeing some menswear. And the first Mm -hmm. male model who comes out is wearing these gloves. (laughs) And that's when the looks on the faces of the judges gets real interesting and real great. And then Nicole Ricci describes the gloves as being a little murdery and Mm -hmm. a little serial killer-ish, a little Dexter. And I don't, I didn't see murder, but I did see maybe creepy dishwasher guy or just creepy dishwasher. Yeah, mostly dudes, because I think only the, 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 the male models he had were wearing these extra accessories on their hands. Well, no, there's there's another there's the unfortunate padding pairing of the knit dress oh, with the, the yellow. yellow latex gloves. OK, yes, yes. I see that now. Yeah. It, you know, it, to me, that reads like that styling reads like a sort of ham-fisted nod towards um, towards fetishism. Like mm-hmm. if you were a latex fetishist, you would it would never be like, oh, I'm just going to wear a pair of gloves. Yeah. That'll be my my way of getting something naughty in or or whatever. Hmm. And also, it's really weird this duffel bag that he's carrying. Yeah. That makes absolutely no sense oh my god we haven't talked about the thing that i'm obsessed with and did you guys watch it like here maybe i'll save it to the end but but are you sure go ahead i'll save it to the end okay but but yeah i think that these gloves are the evidence of like okay this is all like really suburban clothing but what if you were naughty? What if you were like super naughty as a suburbanite? Yeah. And you were like into things like rubber. Yeah. I'm 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 creepy at but while I'm washing my my dishes with with my uh my my farmhouse sink or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, or it's like I've got thigh high boots. Mm-hmm. But like yellow? Like what? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, I yeah. yeah, I have yeah. I think <laughs> what, what were you gonna say, Patricia? <laughs> I think I've gone on and on about how much I like yellow. I actually don't even mind those boots in yellow. Why not? You know, um, but I actually saw this collection and something struck me. I was like, oh right, because we've had so many multiple shots of like. Johnny kind of eavesdropping on conversation. Like you, you mentioned the section today, um, Ernest, or just a few um, minutes ago, something about how Johnny's always eavesdrop, eavesdropping on conversations that uh, other contestants have with uh, Tim Gunn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like, and this is where a lot of my ideas or questions about creativity kind of started to emerge from, was this way of working where Johnny listens to what the judges are telling Esther and then he does it and then he kind of quote quote gives them what they want so I think these yellow choices and these like pops of color Mm. um, to me they seemed like they were really 
another another kind of um, response that uh, like a responsive method that um, Johnny was using to make all of this work, which is why to me, I really struggle to find coherence in it. And now I don't know if I'm not seeing coherence because I'm only seeing it through the lens that I just tried to describe Mm -hmm. or because there really is none. Um, (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I sort of like think a lot about like, God, what is creative? Because for me, like, you know, Nayland, you talked about your artwork. People know it. People love it. But it's like, or and, it's like, for me, it's like, I get my creativity from my, whatever I want to feel, whatever mm-hmm. I want to think about, whatever I want to talk about. I don't have, I find it really prickly and odd and strange um, to define my creativity by what other people are doing and if anything i would rather define my creativity by what other people aren't doing um or kind of like not paying attention to and trying to think like oh, okay well i want to say this and that 13 people are saying it where what do i have to offer right mm-hmm. but for this I, I i look at this collection and by the way which has pieces that i do like like there are pieces here mm-hmm. that I would like the coat I like. I mean, I wouldn't wear, um, I don't really wear heels much, but I do like the yellow boots. I would never wear them, but I do like them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that are nice and working, but in terms of a coherent collection, to me, it just fell apart. And I think that's because the creativity is always in opposition to something else. It's always kind of, um, it, it's not self generated for lack of a, a better term mm-hmm. so i don't know i would love to yeah, hear what you have to I, say I hear that. about that if anything I, I i i agree with you patricia it's like that um that woven leather um uh sort of chain mail piece that's like the in the fourth look right the one mm-hmm. that took is, nine days to make right is is fantastic yeah. But what does it have to do with the weird animal print with the tall skirt yeah. over it, like that's down near the bottom? Or what does it have to do with the weird Dota leopard print parka? Right. And like, yeah. what do either of those have to do with like the fanny pack with the long fringe? And what is it's like all of this stuff is these kind of gestures that um, I agree with you, Patricia. I don't think that they. Um, that they uh, form into any sort of a, a compelling sense about like what it would mean to dress up and what it would mean to like, you know, what it would mean to ex- exist in the world in these clothes. Yeah. And it also those things are I in and I'm just kind of synthesizing or. Um, photosynthesizing because it also has nothing to do with metamorphosis or butterflies. Mm. When you do think about the use of the color and these prints, it is, it, it makes way more sense to me. Now that you say that, that it, it's in response to others and also the, the, it, it is kind of all over the place. Cause I, I, again, going back to his decision to, put in something that sold a lot in the pop-up shop that didn't belong there. I thought that sweatshirt was very much out of place, but then again, one of the very few pieces that had anything to do 
with this concept of metamorphosis or even alluding to butterflies quite literally. But even I think the face of the, I think the butterfly looks like a tiger face. Is that right? Or some type of maybe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, you know, sorry to use the, the, the term, you know, if thinking about this sociopathically, (laughs) like, let's just say it is, you know, and thinking of how, sociopaths sort of or, or you know under the umbrella of psychopaths like it, it kind of makes sense to think of it that way not saying that johnny is one but someone no, who no. mimics and imitates because again going back through i'm on episode two i think i just kind of let let it go I'm, I'm i went back watched episode one i'm on the one where martha has her meltdown but there is that moment when i remember this from the very first time when tim goes to critique martha and in the background, you have Johnny doing prayer hands, prayer hands, namaste, like over his mouth, just really, really all into this discussion. And I'm just like, huh, that's nosy. I mean, I'm a nosy person, but not like that. And also, don't you have work to be doing? But it's sort of this thing. And even talking about the color as as a as a distinguishing factor between him and Esther um, I yeah, it makes so much more sense to me because I was like, what what is happening? And also the fanny pack. If you learned anything about the fanny pack, <laughs> don't put it around the waist like that. That's not how the kids are wearing them. How Santa was wearing them in Tokyo. That's how they're wearing them. I just thought the mm-hmm. the, the the treatment of the fanny pack was so conventional and so it. That's what felt like IMG or maybe like JC Penny or something that's very very super super accessible but mall like it felt mall to me the way he was using those fanny packs so yeah look when you know when i have to attend to my baby kangaroo i don't want to have to fumble around (laughs) behind me to do it you want instant access no drama yeah also when i take off my coat i'd like to have the extra experience of taking off my pretend waist (laughs) engine first I, you know, if you're if you're gonna call fanny packs pretend waist cinchers, and you know, I feel like that's even more high end than. Well, that's the way this one's being used. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're so right. Because I, I and I thought he ruined that look with that fanny pack. Because yeah. watching Naomi and Heidi, because you know, first name basis, watching them walk around his pop up shop in those jackets did it wonders, and it was a beautiful look. To have it have to ruin the silhouette that way was just mind boggling mm-hmm. to me. I'm like, what are you doing? The worst, yeah. the best part of the feature, you just wrapped it with a with an ugly fanny pack. I'm sorry, with a really long leather fringe at the uh, like. Come on, it, it just looks like you know, Mark. Is it? Oh shoot, where are those purses that everyone's one buys? Um, Mark, oh, describe them. Mark Jacobs. Oh, shoot, yes, oh, Mark Jacobs. Oh, Mark Jacobs. Maybe, maybe Mark Jacobs. I'm just thinking of like a purse that you would see on a on a display case, like in Macy's or Nordstrom's or whatever. Um, and they always have like this, like really, really long tassels. And and I get it on a purse, but but for this, it's like not only are you ruining this jacket's outfit, but you're kind of overtaking it with a statement looking fanny pack. It's just too much. Anyway, um, anything else to say about this, or even about the experience of of the well, viewers during the runway <laughs> was there was there a particular I'm, I'm guessing that there's a reason why you have the three views of um i guess look number five. Oh yeah yeah 
Um, do you want to say something about that? No, I, it's just that this is so all of these images are screenshots because unlike Project Runway and Bravo and Lifetime, they don't have final looks. And so that's usually from their, mm. their blog posts is how I source the images. But for this, we miss you, Barbara Nikki. Uh, our friend Barbara Nikki, who is the still photographer for Project Runway. Oh, so oh. great. Oh, my gosh. Um, because those those are such great images and putting together cheat sheets is a pleasure compared to this because I had to take <laughs> screenshots and but I, I noticed that there was a pattern and so and I, I noticed a pattern putting together cheat sheets but sometimes um, they would do these three screen or split screen thing and um, for for that look for the fifth look and for the eighth look. Six, oh, seven, that's eight. theirs. I thought you did that. No, that's that, from the that's screen. That's just theirs, the oh, screen okay. grab from them. Yeah, and I just thought because, this is great because at least we can see the front, the back, and the side sometimes. So well, and right. it, but it also really highlights how badly that belt is working with that leather dress. Yes. Yeah, it's not like flattering. The, like the weird way that it's sort of gathering up the fabric and mm -hmm. cinching it together is. Like makes it feel like an afterthought. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it doesn't do much for the bus. Like, it doesn't look like someone. Uh, it, like, you know, because it just doesn't look like something that's even comfortable to wear. But um, you know, interesting details. But that that belt, and and we talked about this. Like, she's a plus size model, and she's belted in. And and I you know th but this this is sort of like a like a non sequitur. I really did not like the yellow lipstick, and it was only used on a couple of models, and it happened to be the like two. I think the only black models. You know, there 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 are more, but there was only used on on the black models, and I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Like they're just these certain touches. But I I mentioned that because the other model who's plus size is also cinched in with this silver mm -hmm. ball fanny pack and a turtleneck. It's just weird. Yeah. So it's questionable. All right. Yeah. No, Patricia, what were you gonna say? Oh, I just said it's it's a questionable choice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really yeah, questionable. Like why? I would love an explanation. Um all right, ready for Esther? Yes, yes, please. Okay, so Esther comes out, and I I wrote down what she said because I thought it was really wonderful to listen to. Did you guys? I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. made a note of it, but it to me, she, so she one of the lines from her intro was, "No matter how dark my designs are, they possess a light that will never be dimmed." And mm -hmm. she goes back, and I think it was Nicole Reese. She was like, "Yes, yes, Esther, yes." <laughs> Just like, mm -hmm. yeah, no. I think, I think that's a read, isn't it? Is that a read? I don't know. Uh, oh, you think Nicole Richie is reading Esther? No, I thought Esther was reading the judges, kind of. Oh, no, I, no, no. I think, yeah, I, yeah. No? I, I don't think she was. I don't think that was a read of the judges. Okay. But I, I think it was like, yeah, this is what you do. Own it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, I, I really love that too. Cause it to me was like, listen, <laughs> you're going to see a lot of black. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So let's see here. So we are at Esther 
Okay, I love this first look, and I wish that you had a better picture of it because I think the jacket, mm-hmm. the the sheared jacket, is like incredible. It's really it's great. Ugh. And 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 this dress is what a fetishist would wear. Mm. You know, what? like, and it's fitted as such. Yes. Yes. Like shot, like shiny, sexy, interesting. Like, um, like yes, this all every every one of these pieces leaves me with questions, but they're like the questions of like, I want to see, I want to find out more about how this person thinks. Yes. And I would say this was a really tough one to, to screenshot graph or whatever, because I loved, I thought the dress was such a good version of a dress that she's done before Mm -hmm. and, and so much better and very, and it started off quintessential with a a style that we know about Esther Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a tough call because I I thought the dress underneath was so great. (laughs) And also there aren't really great shots of, uh, maybe I put them side by side, but um, and I just love the reveal. I thought it was a really powerful outfit to start with, and also is the model going to fall off the end of the runway? It was thrilling. <laughs> it was thrilling to watch. <laughs> you mean with the visors? Yeah, I love the visors. I thought they're so well. Great. They could see they could see down. Yeah, yeah. So that so it, clearly it like worked for that part yes. of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I'll say, I think, I mean, I loved almost every piece and there are certain, there are some pieces that I know she had to put them in there because, uh, to make it look more accessible, but even those pieces were, were Mm -hmm. incredibly interesting. So I was, I'm talking about the third, which unfortunately could not get a full shot of this. They don't show it all at once, but this is. Um, like a above the knee dress and it looks like something that is akin to something that I have in my closet that I wear all the time, but the way she treats the sleeves and, and again, it's this thing that she's been doing all season is sort of this w- working through. I, w- I would say we saw this in, the, in um, during the, the streetwear episode where she was doing interesting things with the sleeves and mm-hmm. other aspects of it. Just, it was just, it was great. It was really great. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'll let you guys talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you look at all of these. She gives you she gives you a flared pant. She gives you a cropped pant. She gives you a full-length, full pant. She gives you an, a narrow-legged, pegged pant. Hmm. She gives you a skirt that falls, uh, you know, that falls above the knee, a skirt that is right at the knee that mm-hmm. like is, you know, has like almost like a crinoline built in around it and, uh, and like a flowing skirt that, that hits the ground, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's, it's like, there's a variety of lengths. There's a variety of materials. There's a variety of treatments, but it all feels very, very, consistent in terms of the energy it gives you in terms of the people who are wearing these clothes mm-hmm. yeah very true i really liked the look number one as a top like i just mm-hmm. like the top part i mean i i like it as a look i think it's wonderful um but if i like i don't know had the money to buy these things i would buy the top and wear it with pants like mm-hmm. 
but I love number three. Like I, I would wear that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's simple. It's simple. You just, you know, you feel together very quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has these embellishments that I really like, like the, the double sleeve and the mat with shine mm-hmm. in, in color. Very nice. Or I think that was actually gold. I'm not sure if that was gold or black. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked a lot of these. I really like this other look, wait, look number five. This shirt that looks like it's really high maintenance, but it's probably really easy to mm-hmm. put on. That's a fancy thing. Um, yeah. I also, okay, I'm also going to talk about a missed opportunity that I saw in, in, in Esther. Mm-hmm. I love the last look. Mm-hmm. That, that is something I would love to wear somewhere where it would be quiet, but with like a hidden trainer, you know, like a pink sneaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that the um the cutouts here that are glossy this could have been done in gold hmm. mm-hmm. also yes. and maybe maybe that would have saved esther f- from looking like she doesn't want to do color mm. i mean we know she doesn't want to do color but it, it i think she would be open to it i really do it just from what i understand i think esther just needs things to make sense and i mm-hmm. think that's wonderful um so here, when I saw these these cutouts, I thought, oh, why why isn't that gold? Not real gold, but like some kind of metallic fabric mm-hmm. in the uh, color of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was something I, I saw. Okay. That's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good, that's a good catch because... So the title of her runway of her collection, I should say, is Hungry for Life. And I think it's on a T-shirt. It's somewhere in that pop-up shop in Hungry for Life as a logo is in gold. And mm. that hmm, that's interesting because I actually was underwhelmed by this last look. That's probably probably my least favorite. And, um, you know, it, it walked beautifully, but. I was always a little frustrated by not being able to really get a good look at this print. And I, I love the way she used it with one, two, three, four, five, the sixth look. Um, and also the cutouts of the second look. And I think mm-hmm. for some, for some reason I was thinking of something that was really over the top and kind of, a, a more voluminous and using this print all over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, I I think you're right, Patricia, that that um, some um, metallic fabric at that point, like bringing in, it you know would be uh, potentially very chic. Um, I I don't know. I think it, but but this is clearly the superior show to me. Oh yeah, yeah. No, than than Johnny's, like there's no question. Um, yeah. and it, it's interesting to me what Tim, well, two things that Tim says to them backstage, like at the end of, of Johnny's Tim goes, well, that was a fashion show. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say something else? Like, yeah, you, you sit down fashion, not just a bunch of clothes or something like he that. Said, yeah, yeah. He does say, he says it again and says, it's not just a bunch of clothes. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it also, um, to me, uh, 
read like this thing that I learned to do from <laughs> the very the very brilliant Gary Indiana who who told me his technique for how you deal with the what what happens when you're at a friend's opening and they've made a bunch of work that you really hate. Yes. <laughs> like you walk up to them and you gla- and you grasp their hand and you go like, "Well, you did it again." So it's like you're not technically lying. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> you know, I and I, I that was a, I had sort of the wrong episode. You're supposed to go like, you did it again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, like it's, mm. it's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but you're not committed to like having to say that you liked it. <laughs> and I just I like this time around my second viewing, the way that Tim said. Well, that was a fashion show. <laughs> it just <laughs> felt to me like, and the fact that like Johnny kept like putting his head on Tim's shoulder and like uh, just like over and over again, it was like a little much to me. Yeah. But then, but then Tim also says to Esther at like after all of her models walk and she's about to go up, um, I I think he says something like that was magisterial or something like that, and he says and he says have a good train. Yeah. And I, if that is so is that what that's called i you wrote know, that, that down too i've heard that before and i think that's just when you like follow when you um, that's what it's called walk. then i guess when yeah. all of the models walk and the designer goes behind them that mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's the train yeah that's the train not the conga line that's the train yeah oh, okay <laughs> cool <laughs> live and live and learn yeah, it's yeah. the first time I've seen, I, I've heard that too, which made me feel like, oh, wow, Tim has done this a million times. Like, have a great train or, you know, a designer, fashion yeah. insider jargon type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like break a leg. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so we wrap up and um, Johnny hugs his family. Mm-hmm. Esther hugs her friends. Cool who friends. are who disappear into the ether, never to be heard from again? <laughs> yeah, they're back to Berlin. And they're like, "This is just New York." I'm we're, we're going back yeah. to Berlin, yeah. or <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, ready for the firing squad? Oh God! Yes. Because yeah. I think that's it, an appropriate response, Nalan. Because everyone's exhausted. I feel like yeah. everyone needs a nap because this is. We started off the episode with a firing squad and we have to end it with the most important one. And, you know, well, we have a judge's consultation where with, um, uh, Christine Beauchamp. Christine, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I, I, um, I was lacking the energy to even look it up. Um, where Christine gives them the the lowdown on what the two pitches were like, and they right. start to get into it about like what it would mean for one to win or the other to win, and then Naomi's like, "Oh, let's just talk. Look, let's just talk to them." <laughs> Can I just say that I, I I normally don't like people who interrupt, but every time Naomi interrupts the, this judging panel, I'm rooting. I'm like, yes, thank you, thank you, voice of reason. Yeah. She is she is the breakout star of this uh, of this show. Oh, I will say by far for sure, and it's like how how could we have ever doubted that she would come out of this? But um, but no, and I and it's like and and even in this 
firing squad. Naomi is showing her expertise, but also lending into, you know, pewing me as to who the winner was going to be. It just felt like moving targets everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they're all so tired. And I think that's a part of it, too. Naomi was like, oh, we're not going to really get sets anything out here with this woman we all know that she's not on a judging panel so leave leave christine beauchamp leave <laughs> so christine beauchamp gets out and um but i but i think kind of planted some stuff because she does say that esther had the superior presentation um was was incredibly professional and 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 johnny was a little bit on the more nervous side so mm-hmm. We, we get to the firing squad and they call up Esther first and Esther along with everyone else looks like she just needs a you know 16 hours of sleep and they come out with it and essentially the their job is to get her to say that she will design in color <laughs> they're just pleading with her I think Naomi is like would you compromise would you compromise 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 <laughs> Would you, if a buyer asked you to do something in color, would you? And it's just like over and over and over again. And this is where also where Christine, Christina Ricci. Oh my gosh. No, Nicole, why am I doing this? <laughs> Every single time. Nicole Ricci also is just, I think, just trying to pull out of Esther some willingness to admit that this is something you will have to do. You can't always do the thing that you want this in- and in Heidi, like this industry is polluted with blah, 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 like, I don't know. Anyway, why should you win Esther? And, and then we have Johnny as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then Johnny um, talks about his collection, prayer hands, prayer hands, prayer hands, screen graft, ew, print phobic, not Esther. I'm not Esther. Color, 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 prayer hands, murder theme gloves. I mean, whatever. So with this, I, I'm I I want to call out Johnny's time in front of the the firing squad because what I noticed is that they gave him a second chance to do his pitch. Did anyone know, think of this? Because in my notes I was like, you know, here we go. Your pitch in front of Christine Beauchamp really sucked, but here you yeah. are giving a redo because we find out these other things. He still says like rusty sewing machine and. And whatever, but he puts in other words that I'm pretty sure he was like, man, I slept on it and I wish I had said vertically integrated and I wish I would have said infrastructure, house, 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 color, color, color. Um, it just felt like a redo and they were giving him another chance. There's a lot of Johnny in this and not as much. I, Esther. I have like something to say about this, yeah. which does not make me happy to say, which is that this is the same kind of speech uh, speech and spiel that we've heard from Johnny since he started getting feedback after the episode with Megan. Mm-hmm. So this is Johnny basically telling the judges what the judges want to hear. He could mm-hmm. not do that with Beauchamp. I'm sorry, with Christine Beauchamp, mm-hmm. because he had met her once at the pop-up shop and probably didn't pay attention to her. I don't know. I don't remember what that interaction was like. He was but, like, I'm Christine um, Beauchamp and this is Steph. Who was also oh, an executive? Right. Oh, well, anyway, that's that's how they met Christine Bosch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, this is my yeah. So I think this is the moment where I'm just rolling my eyes because yes, Johnny, you keep saying the same things over and over, but I guess that's what was needed. But it's sort of like the sort of like confetti of platitudes and jar in like 
the same like buzzwords. Um, There was really no explanation of how. And I really liked how um, Esther said something about, you know, at this time, I actually have the experience and the passion to see this through. And I think, again, we're up against what does a successful creative operation look like and what kind of person is capable of of, of, ha- of running a successful business around creativity and response to consumer demand. And, of course, I think, unfortunately, it's always going to be the extrovert <laughs> who <laughs> is going to make the... Um, make the waves Hmm. yeah but that's what this whole thing reminded me of i'm like okay you're just saying the same thing you're basically and this is when i thought i was like oh right so this is johnny's last chance to deliver to the judges all the things the judging that the judges have been asked from other people yeah yeah i had to say that Uh, um, i mean also also people hmm. feel comfortable handing a million dollars to someone who looks like them and does not contradict them. Mm-hmm. True. Very true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what else to say after that. Cause I, that's it, honestly, it was just disheartening this conversation because it was almost like this firing squad is, so unnecessary it's so obvious we just saw the runway we just saw the runway we heard her pitch mm-hmm. she did everything perfectly we've seen her work um we it's demonstrated behind the scenes and and also how she's standing up to you her it's just it was just like without a doubt and it was almost like so naomi s- says something where she goes when it's johnny's turn she goes all I need to know from you is that you have mm-hmm. a solid plan. Cause it felt like from the con that brief conversation with Christine Beauchamp, that Naomi was like, mm, Johnny did bad. He did poorly. I'm going to talk to him about this and you need to explain to me. I want to know that your platform is tight because that's, she's like, that's all I need. And I'm like, really? That's all he has to do after what Esther has done, all that Esther has done. I just, whatever. It's fine. Well, but, I thought but, that. Yeah. Oh, Go ahead, Patricia, but then I have to say something. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to say quickly that I thought, actually, I appreciated Naomi um, focusing on the the weakest aspects of each of their pitches. I thought that was actually fair. Ask the question that that they don't have an answer for. Yeah. Um, But also, um, like, let's get on to the results of of this. Yes. Because we go down the line and and the now desperately attempting to be a catchphrase question is asked like judges did you change your mind yeah mm-hmm. and what happens okay so yes good, good point <laughs> thank you for bringing this up because Heidi asked Naomi first and she, and her mind was changed and she thinks yeah. that Esther should win yeah yeah so that whole thing about like I need to know that you have a plan or whatever you know, if she was going into it like mm-hmm. protective of Johnny, mm-hmm. that's not how she came out of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good point. And she was the one arguing against Heidi 
in terms of like, well, this is just a niche mark. Like, like when Heidi yep. was the one going like, I want it to be, sometimes I want to discover something and mm -hmm. it be, and it's, and it's like the leading edge of fashion. And Naomi was the one who was going like, yeah, well, you go to a specialty shop for that. You don't go to, you don't go to exactly. a mainstream shop. Right. Right. So, which, which is true. It, it, yeah. But she's, but she ended up coming out on the other end. Mm -hmm. Um, supporting Esther. I think yep. maybe, you know, maybe it was clear that, the you know, there was, a, yeah, or that, like, yes, yeah. In, yeah. in whatever case, I, yeah. I just think, like, she did change her vote, and she was there for Esther. Why, yeah, do, yeah I think I, okay, no, that's interesting, why would, I think I'm just always suspicious of the things that are asked of Johnny, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know how that's coming across, but I'm always like, yeah, he's just not asked to bear as much, not asked to, uh, to defend as much. And there are just certain things that are done around him for him. But no, you're right. You're right. I totally forgot about that. It, and it's in my notes. Naomi says, my mind has changed. And then we asked Heidi or Heidi asks herself and she, or she just says that her mind has not changed and she thinks that Esther should win. Mm -hmm. And then we have Joseph Altuzara who also hasn't changed his mind and he thinks Johnny should win. And then Kiara Frogney hasn't changed her mind, thinks that Johnny should win. And then now it's just down to Nicole Richie. Right. And Esther goes, Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like at that moment, I think she feels like like the horror of being trapped in a television show <laughs> where, <laughs> where where everything must come down to one final vote. Right. It's like, okay, of course. So um Patricia, does Nicole Yes. Who does Nicole want to win? Nicole would like and and did like um Johnny to win. Yeah. What is it like to have your fate decided by not Heidi Klum and not Naomi Campbell? <laughs> mm. Mm. Not poo-pooing, you know, the other three, but it's interesting to me because um, I would say in terms of the opinion that I cared about the most, I cared about Kiara and Kiara is the least um, mm. and that they all had equal weight. But, you know, Naomi Campbell and Heidi Klum all voted for Esther and it was just like the middle three but uh, Johnny, I wish Corinne, Corinne oh my apology no no go ahead I wish Corinne uh, Reutfeld had been present for this judging hmm. mm -hmm. you know? I just feel like this is um, you know what has Nicole Richie done but but you know develop a brand what is this show about developing a brand yeah yeah and, and again that's a very distinct thing from being uh from being a, a designer right yeah yeah very true um so yeah so so there's the outcome johnny you know and and the music starts to swell and yeah, it's so emotional and and i I would just like to take this moment to reiterate my hatred of the of the music 
um, the music cues and music management of this uh, of this entire series, which is so um, so utterly irritating. And I wanted to um, I put a link in the chat, and I'd like for us to include it in the show notes for a great YouTube video um, that I saw a few days ago that gave real form to why it, what like what it was that I hated so much about this <laughs> about this thing and the clip the the video that I'm directing you towards is a clip called corporate music how to compose with no soul by a guy named Tanta Cruel who has a um a uh, YouTube channel that looks at um, music composition software and various things about uh, about music and commercial music and things like that. And it's an amazing breakdown of the kinds of music that are used for ad campaigns and uh, and corporate in-house oh things. Um, he, he breaks it down formally. It's only, it's a 15 minute long video. It's well worth your while to watch it. When, after you do, you will never look at a commercial again. The, in the same because he's so clear about um, the ways in which these the type of music is made to underline these points. Oh, yeah. So for the rest of the the thing, we get Johnny musing on his victory, mm-hmm. what it means, what it means to him, et cetera, et cetera. Like how this how everything in his life has led to this point. Um, <laughs> And and again, these are platitudes, mm-hmm. and they are meant to be um, not through any sort of calculating choice of his, but but they serve to obscure all of the impersonal um, uh, calculations that undergird business success um, at this. Uh, you know, in in this state, and particularly with with uh, with Amazon, hmm. and so I, can we segue into the um, reunion special because oh, I think yeah. it's really interesting in um, in contrast to this. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so Johnny is our winner, and mm-hmm. so. We have our re- our reunion, which was so the win, of course, was pre COVID. The win is now covid (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's it's a zoom drop in with megan um sander esther and johnny with tim gunn and i will also put a a link to this in the show notes so you guys can all see it if you haven't watched it already um yeah so i mean i i didn't write any notes or anything but i just kind of made overall I, I think I just took screenshots, but also mm-hmm. mostly enjoyed hearing from Megan and Esther and also Sander. Um, mm-hmm. Less so Johnny. So, you, you, yeah. So I I'll, mean, I'll, I'll let, I, let you, let you kind of take it away. <laughs> it, I mean, one thing that seemed really clear to me is that Tim is just massively emotionally invested mm-hmm. in, in this, in this show and particularly yeah you know, with this, with this group of designers. Um, and, um, and I think he has a bit of a crush on Xander. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
<laughs> like there's like he's like there's a lot of attention like I think there's a, a moment where um uh he sort of turns to the other designers on the call and is like well and what about the rest of you like what what um what do you want to say about Sander besides the fact that he's adorable you know? <laughs> like, oh, like, uh, he was incredibly annoying he wouldn't stop talking at us and we were just so glad that he was gone for just like a minute and then we missed it. But it's like everyone, all of them were like, he was so annoying. The first time I met Sandra, I was like, what? Can you shut up? Can you please? And then I started loving him. But that's it's so funny. Because I I think that I've heard. So I, I think it's on the, the Keep It episode with Tim Gunn where he describes mm-hmm. Sander and compares him to Christian Siriano. And but then talks about yeah. the first time Tim Gunn ever encountered Siriano and just looking at his age was like, what are you doing here? But then when he left the audition room was like, wow, I've never met a fashion phenom before. And so I think, I think Sander is, you know, just a shining phenom for, for Tim. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, but also so incredibly charming and so shady on this call. I, 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 there are just so many Sander quotes that I really loved from this. And just, I, I think he was, he like, he mm-hmm. like, I mean, you know, he he's jabbed at Esther. We've seen that playful back and forth, especially with Renat, um, back in the day on you know episode five. But um, yeah, so <laughs> that that to me was was what kind of came through in terms of his personality, as opposed to you know the very LA ness I would say of Johnny Coda as being someone from LA, <laughs> mm-hmm. very LA yeah. um, in his cowboy hat. Oh my gosh. Wait, no. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to say that I also really liked, oh, actually two things. I want to share, I don't want to forget to share with you that um, if you listen to Terry Gross on NPR this week, um, or maybe last week, uh, the latest episode is an interview with Tim Gunn, Mm -hmm. a new interview with Tim Gunn, and it's really good. I highly recommend it. Yay! And... um, I actually really found myself liking all of this little sayings that Esther shared on the episode 10 and also during the the video conference reunion mm-hmm. um, because I loved how Esther just said, okay, this pitch is um, not my thing, but squeeze your ass together and do I know. it. Squeeze your <laughs> ass yeah, yeah. And get in there. Yes. I yeah, love yeah. that. And then on the reunion, when they were all asked, oh, like, was there something you saw that surprised you? Esther's answers was, Esther's answer was, oh, I was really surprised about how I just dropped my pants. <laughs> as, yeah. as, a way, as a way of saying, you know, I revealed myself. I revealed yeah. more of myself, you know, and I just thought that is just so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I and so there was one question that Tim asked her, asked her that um, I thought was great. He's like, "Yeah, you know, you're you made a million dollar decision to not put color in your collection. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about that?" And it's it's because for me that was such a pointed question from Tim. I was like, "Oh, Tim, like, oh, what are you doing?" But um, it brought up some of it. You know, kind of gave her another opportunity to talk about how she stands by her, her mm-hmm. choices and also just post show how busy she is and how she's had to mm-hmm. hire people because 
she has so many much so many more orders that even in the the pandemic and and it it led me to her website and so she has a podcast now that she's doing with a business i don't know this person seems like a business partner or someone who was doing a podcast anyway and now she's a part of it but it's interesting to kind of venture into what she's doing and all and also there are dresses that she made on the show that i that didn't win and they're available you can you can buy them mm-hmm. faster um cool yeah yeah. i mean that that totally you know i i often say this about um you know people who don't necessarily win project runway um but who end up having a um you know uh a, a really uh successful trajectory in another aspect of the field or something it's it's there's there's no way her business was hurt by this no Mm-mm. no right right like like coming out as the most likable person mm-hmm. on this uh, you know um and and um basically Yes, not every person is going to wear what Esther makes, mm-hmm. but but hundreds and th- hundreds of thousands of more of those people now know that she is the person who makes that stuff. Right. Exactly. Than did before. Yeah. Um and I mean the same goes for Sander. Uh you know, I put I put his website in the show notes and just Again, like so, there, there. That website is so hilarious. It's so consistent. Again, would have loved to see to have seen that runway, um, but I, I just really, I don't know. I at least we saw one of the two runways that I thought would be the most interesting to look at, um, in, um, in particular with Esther, and then also with Megan. It, I don't know, yeah, I, because I told you guys it was an emotional day. Megan cried for a lot of this yeah. reunion, and I, it just, it made me, I mean, I think I cried when she got eliminated. Yeah, that was a very sad couple of episodes. And they taught, they tried to do it again, where they tried to pit Johnny versus Megan, and it just, again, made me so uncomfortable. I'm like, great, here we go. This dynamic that I thought was pretty gross here we have it we still have to do this on a zoom call um and just seeing megan and johnny side by side and on on the right is megan with authentic feelings and on the left is johnny who was trying to muster up some some tears at the end it was very the dynamic was um very stark and i fell for her because i'm like no you're you're okay they they put you and they put you against each other and you're not made for this because you you have a really good heart. You're a good person and you're learning about yourself and you're transparent and and willing to grow and I don't know. I just I I came off feeling more for her and liking her more after the reunion mm-hmm. as well. Megan. Well, she's Yeah. I mean, I think Megan is so competent and so likable, you know, and I think that's a combination that you cannot, you know, it's, it, it's just there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, there is a, I'll say that there is a 
question towards the end that I wrote down because they were taking questions live and one of them was like, oh, what was your favorite look? And they asked, they asked Johnny and Johnny was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like Sanders donut look because he's trying to look, I think he, okay, maybe I'm being hard on Johnny, but it seems like he's trying to be gracious and choosing someone else's because he, Tim gave them the choice of choosing their own collect something from that they've made or something that another designer's made he goes yeah i know sander's donut look and then sander goes oh honey i'll make you one in leather with zippers because they just (laughs) talked about that conversation between johnny and megan where megan was trying to talk to tim about adding zippers and that'd be johnny and then johnny flipped out at her that whole that very like very memorable collaboration episode or whatever um but I, i just thought that was that was really funny I do like that Esther has um, the top fr- the top three T-shirt available <laughs> on her site. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a dress too. Oh, maybe. I went because I went to get some um, screenshots for for one of the graphics, and I was like, "Huh, wow! It's also it's also a dress." But oh, okay, that reminds me. So one of the one of our listeners admitted that. Um, that Amazon gave it away who the um the winners were because they both had shops and so I don't think this was something that was alluded to but they gave Esther a shop somewhere on uh. the Amazon making the cut store and mm. her clothes are expensive so there's some looks that are around the 300 to 400 dollar price range mm-hmm. um I couldn't see anything from from Johnny's I think it was all sold out but not everything is sold out on Esther's, but the the price point is way up there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Well, that's on a par with what's with, with how things are priced at her on her shop. Oh, great. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Um any other thoughts? Um, I just, it, it, it was weird that we got like those little cutaways to, um, and all the rest, like, like, like they had like a weird little montage with, um, with, of, of like greetings from the other designers. Um, uh, it, it made me worried that like Zabado is unwell or he, Mm. he seemed really kind of subdued and out of it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, again, Marsha is like in there for like a second. <laughs> we- also wearing like some like you know what? Maybe if I make my bows bigger, <laughs> that was my problem. <laughs> they weren't big. So she's wearing again some like crazy ensemble. In like the two seconds that we see her, yeah, and it looked like yeah. wasn't she falling off of a couch or something? I was like, where, uh, where something. are you? What are you I doing? Don't know. Yeah, yeah, with or around a mobile phone. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, but something also, like that. <laughs> and 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 Nayland, because I, I forgot that because I was like, where was Johnny wearing a, a cowboy hat and was wearing a cowboy hat in that that montage? That looks like something that was filmed on an, on a really really expensive iPhone or something. Um, mm. but you know, mm. just sort of, but mostly cause it looks like something that you could just drop into an I- iPhone commercial or an Apple commercial, the way it had been styled with that 
you know, very, very Adobe burnt. Yes. Red. Yeah. 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 Thing in the background. It's very, whatever. It's very commercial. Very interesting. Um, for an iPhone commercial. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, yeah, go ahead. I, so my overall note for this was like, you know, too much humanity too late. Like, Hmm. like, Uh like this was a reunion like, um, like Project Runway re- reunions. Okay, let's rehash the beefs. Like it was a very Bravo in its form. Yes, yes. But then it was like, but mm. the rest of the show hasn't really made us care about these people at all. And the rest of the show has not led to this. Mm-mm. So it's like, I did, so, it, mm. you know, I, 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 like all of Megan's emotion was, felt like, oh my God, like, like, you know, what has been obscured in the rest of this show Yeah. Um, to get us to this, this point where it's like, um, you know, this feels really, um, really discordant and really like they're trying to make us care about a situation that um, we really didn't all the way through. And it was weird to see Tim so emotionally caught up in it. Hmm. Yeah. I I think I'm wondering about pre-production and with Megan, I, I kind of, I'm wondering what's happened post all of this. And also I think she was eliminated in a really tough way. And I, I don't think she was treated very well, um, you know, in terms of the whole pitting it up against Johnny. And it just seems like, it seemed like a really tough competition, but I agree. It felt, I was surprised to see that there was a reunion. I was like, huh, interesting. Again, because Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn are not on Bravo. Uh, Project Runway is there. And I, Project Runway does not do these reunions. And I think the Christian Ciarano chat after each episode is sort of taking the place of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I totally agree because I'm like, I, what was interesting in terms of, emotion and relation here was to get some backstory about how they interacted with one another and that how they felt about being at this really condensed type of weird million dollar fashion camp or something that was more believable to me. I'm like, of course you guys felt a little bit of um, a kinship with one another. This, even if, you know, some of them weren't around for all of that long. Um, Mm -hmm. Troy, Troy being one of them who just, sort of seem yeah like someone who's might be less connected to everyone else but um and also that one episode or two episodes where we lost three people and i i think it was more upsetting that they lost three people not necessarily the people that they lost in particular it was just like a real, mm-hmm. a, a real game changer in terms of the fear that it put into their hearts and that was a point <laughs> of mm-hmm. that fast elimination but um yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I totally agree, and I, I think that's that's also why I'm I'm looking I'm watching the episodes again, and also again shout out to the people who sent in in messages. Um, so so Terry, Carolyn, uh, Air, Andrea, like and Deborah and Alicia. A lot of people were just like, yeah, not really into it. Um, this was it this was, was painful. Great, but, hmm. mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a little like. 
awkward. I really love the part where I get to hear Tim Gunn say, oh, and at Jdank asks. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny to me to hear Tim Gunn say Jdank. I have to say, like, I... I was really heartbroken to see Megan be emotional because I'm sure all this backlash that Johnny is getting is also affecting Megan because it's true. Because yes. as, as, as Sander said, in the words of the internet, she was robbed. So I'm sure she's like... <laughs> That's another thing he said, in, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In his Prata shirt, which is yeah. still... Silver in Latin. I, I don't know what what, what other context. It, it. I mean, aside from being a pun on Prada, mm-hmm. but um, so well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. and and I do think it's also you do see this with um with like fandom around RuPaul's Drag Race. Hmm. At this way. point, that there's like it's the fandom is really rabid, and people online. Hmm. Um. Yeah, like choose up sides and get super vicious with each other, and and to have somebody doing that in your name is not fun. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that is not that. It's like I, you know, you'd see now on like on people's Instagrams and you know on 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 queens from drag race they're constantly saying like don't go after so-and-so don't do that like Mm. if you're really a true fan of mine you won't be like you know threatening to kill people or doing you know it's like ridiculous that's really toxic i um but i also didn't buy any of what johnny was saying which this whole thing of like oh it never felt like a competition no these people Mm. are my friends i'm like Mm -hmm. wait a minute johnny in every episode you were like i'm here to win this is a competition you know so I think, to me, hearing that from Johnny and seeing Megan still feel emotional about her experience, it just reminded me that, again, and, and you've both, one of you or both of you have said it, that, like, Megan is really used to dealing with difficult people. Yeah. And I think that this was just another aspect of that, another extra labor that this person had to do in her life. Um in order to pursue something that she wanted. So I don't know. I, I was really aching for it, not just because I thought she should have won. I thought, you know, I think actually I thought she, she should have been in the top three who I thought, and if any of them had won, I would have been happier, of course. But, um, but just as far as the whole experience and how, how she was almost, um, um, I, I, I'm trying to find the right word how there was someone there who was literally a creative leech off of her for a little bit, you know, I thought that, and and as somebody who is used to managing difficult people and having to sort of understand I'm here for the long term, this is also business. This is my name on the line. Um, But then still feel like that wasn't enough. That's gotta be hard. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. I think that's a good way of, of articulating how I was feeling watching her because it, 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 it always gets me. It's something that I'm very sensitive to. Um, just she's, she's very affected and, and thinking of people who are actually affected by this, you know, there's, there's Sander who's got, who's kind of flippant, but, um, but also 
just being very uh, shady and I think in very interesting ways. And then Tim and, and, and Esther, um, you have these three or, or four very affected, affectionate people who are also authentic. And then Johnny, who his inconsistency and yeah, that whole, I, I think creative leech is such a good way of describing that. But, you know, I, yeah. I, I would say it, it kind of gets mired over with the edit. There was just that very brief moment where I, I, all of a sudden I perked up looking at him and I'm like, wow, it just looks as if you're, you're just sort of taking. And I just, it, I don't know. It was really hard to watch this side by side, um, especially with him trying to muster up some tears, like, you know, like a real, a, yeah. a real housewife um, on Bravo, but no exactly. tears are coming. Just the facial expression. But, you know, yeah. I still don't want to be so harsh, but I want to focus on just, yeah, I think Megan is, I can, I, yeah, I can, I can, I can see where that's coming from. She's worked so hard. Um, yeah, but it's like, I, I, like, let's reserve our anger for the people who rigged the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that Johnny is the beneficiary of, but the fact of the matter is that what this, what this competition was about Hmm. was about ultimately, like, are you, what are you willing to do to be a a member of the Amazon corporate family? Right, right. That's what it was about. It wasn't yeah. about like launching your brand. It wasn't about expressing your creativity. Mm-hmm. It was like, what are you willing to do to be under this rubric? Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's the rigged game. Yeah, and then I feel like the winner of that game then, the winner of the rigged game then, to me, like, and I agree with you, Nayland, I, I do. But I think then that produces the conditions for a new winner, which would be, oh, Monsieur Baby Ghost. What's the name of that um, person? I forgot their name. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, know, you know who I mean? Uh, the, the, the person who left um, before Troy, the week before, the Baby Ghost person. Oh, oh, oh. Josh? Yeah. Is it Josh, you mean? I, I, it's Josh or Trevor? The, the... Okay. Yeah, I think it's Josh. Uh, I think you mean Josh. The one okay. who's based in Shanghai? Yes. Right, right. Yes, yes. So I feel yeah. like, in a way, like what Nayland just said produces the condition for, like, another winner, which would be Josh. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So if, because, like, Josh just pieced out of the whole deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. not for me, you know, and as, bus- as, as business, as Nayland pointed out, <laughs> as Nayland pointed business, out, business. yes, Nayland Business, 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 Blake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listeners, this is the first time in my life that I've been described that way. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) That's why I think it's so funny. I'm like, business, business, Nayland, business, business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the places I go. But in a way, like Nayland did point out, that that is the smartest business decision. That's actually a really smart business decision. Yeah, it's just saying this is not right for me. These are not my conditions. This is not right for my brand. And I think yeah. in a way, it's almost like after we go through all of this, I'm I was really proud of Esther for saying, 
No, I'm not sorry mm-hmm. because staying true to your DNA. Um, I think that, yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm a hundred times more interested in what Esther makes next than what Johnny makes next. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait. You know? And, and, yeah. and that's the thing. And, and I, and, um, so to go to like what our viewers are, our, our, our listeners were saying, um, I'm kind of there with you. I don't know if I would do another season of this. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously there's going to be more seasons and I, I love seeing Tim, but I don't, I don't know if I want to like, I, you know, I don't know if this is the the vehicle that I would choose to like see more of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the only thing that would attract me back again. Because otherwise, I feel like I know exactly where this ship is headed. They're not going to. There's there's not going to be some radical change in direction in the second season of this show. No, I mean, what would be really. <laughs> hilarious if they're like we're looking for the next global couturier or something like that yeah like, yeah yeah avant-garde no. like no it's i don't they're not they're not going to do that <laughs> in, in a way like that's exactly why I, I don't know in a way that's i honestly believe that what it takes to manufacture esther's clothes was a huge deciding factor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's just, they look at it like, ah, too complicated, too expensive to produce. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Too good. Just too good. Yeah. And I would, exactly. And I will say that just sort of, I mean, just one thing that popped in my head is that during that montage that Josh just sort of looked like he was living his hashtag best life. Um, just in like, just all decked out and look very colorful and just just well rested you know just he's slept <laughs> so many hours like um, a, a sort of comfortable marmoset i got you know, <laughs> kind of like freaked me out i have to say because <laughs> i was like here here is josh and in, in in josh's natural habitat it just <laughs> was like okay i've learned more from about you in this just you know 0.5 second cut than i did throughout the whole yeah. edit you got on the show but um yeah yeah all right any any final thoughts any any final words before we we wrap up this inaugural episode or inaugural season of making the cut <laughs> I I will say that um, get, it being the occasion to spend more time with the with um, the two of you is the um, the the overwhelming benefit that I've gotten from the experience. <laughs> so that's that has been the high point for me is getting to talk about this with you and. Um, yeah, and also to like, I'm I'm glad that more folks are listening to the show, and also thank you, Patreon folks, thank you, patrons. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. it, no, go ahead. Ernest calls it a labor <laughs> of love every time, but you know she has been like, um, she, love don't pay all the bills. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, my my SoundCloud account 
thanks you. <laughs> My wonderful <laughs> yes. Patreon patrons. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know I don't know what I do without the two of you to like without being able to talk about this show in particular, and especially during this time. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so it's so wonderful, and and you know, and I feel for some of you listeners out there who were have not been able to find the escape that you wanted in this show, but I'm so glad that you're, you're able to find that with us on this podcast and I'm, I'm hoping you're, you're still able to find it with us every single episode as we go through this, even though we're, we're griping more and more. Um, but I mean, I, I just, I think it's cathartic and again, like just again, just let us know what you're feeling and what you're thinking, especially if you haven't finished it, feel free to keep sending in your, your thoughts. Um, and Patricia, anything, anything to share, um, before we go? No, no. Um, it was just, it was good to discuss this show with each of you and both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is so really thank great. We, we will need to figure out like what, where our next, um, I, yeah. I, you know, I mean, Ernest, what do you think about like g- potentially going into the archive? Oh and, my like, gosh. And like, revisiting some early seasons of course <laughs> oh i love it we've also gotten some requests for next in fashion so some uh-huh. people are, are really asking about that so um all, all that being said listeners don't unsubscribe because we don't know when when season 19 of project runway is coming out who you know who knows but and i'll and i'll put it to you too like i'm very very interested in doing season four Project Runway, which is Christian Siriano's season. Mm. Oh my goodness. All right. Oh, so great to talk to you both. Um, anything to share before we leave? Um, nope, just that YouTube link that I that I sent you guys. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I guess I will say one other thing, which is that um we're wrapping up the um the semester of the BARD ICP MFA program. And um, I'm trying to gather together um, links to all of the thesis exhibitions um, that uh, that the students from this year, like they all did um, sort of online versions of what their final thesis show um, uh, would be. And uh, and they're doing some really amazing and very moving work in, in many cases. And so um, we, I will figure out a way to get those links to you, Ernest, and if you could do. post them out to people. I mean, that, that program is the reason why we all know each other. Yeah. And, and, uh, and there's, uh, in the midst of this really, really difficult time, I hmm. think this class has really done some superlative stuff. So hmm, that's great. Like I, I related to all of those Tim Gunn. I'm super proud <laughs> tears because Aww. I shed them all the time in relationship to the work that that people are doing. So, that's, so y'all should check that out. Oh, it's so good to hear. That's so great. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 I, I also so in in the semester at the Visual Studies Workshop where I'm. Uh, the photo faculty up there and i i will admit during a zoom during our zoom crit i did cry they couldn't see it but but yeah it's just (laughs) uh, yeah crying and you're by yourself on a zoom call (laughs) 
it's interesting but i'm like would oh. i do this in person no i would i would have cried in person too as well so yes would love to have those links and i would also love to see those um that work um as well yeah mm -hmm. um all right and patricia anything to share or any uh, no Okay, and then also I, I will have everyone's links of how how we can find each other in our social media things um, in the show notes as as usual. Um, but I just will say thank you so much for 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 going along through the show with us, and for all of you who had mediocre feelings about it. Um, again, <laughs> I just really appreciate that you you've come to us to listen and um, to cope and to vent and keep sending in your comments and, and, and your, your takes on this as well. We really love hearing your voice and appreciate that you are um, a part of this community that is growing here in the workroom. Just love it. All right. It's wonderful. So um, until next time, we'll all say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.